Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and we keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. On this episode, we're going to be talking about famous foods and how they might set some unrealistic expectations when it comes to making them yourself. Yeah. No, definitely. I experienced this like two days ago. Do you want to talk about your experience that kind of inspired this? Um, so I, I some at some point this week, I was like, I want to make cinnamon roll pancakes because I've never made them before. Devin's made them a few times. They look really good. They're called cinnamon roll pancakes. How can they not be good? They sound delicious. Um, and then I was like filming them because I was like, I'll make a reel out of this. And I was like filming them, doing all this stuff. And then I went to cook one and... I don't know what happened. Either I made them well and I just don't like them or I made them wrong <laughs> and ruined them. But I was so like so angry in the moment because I was well, no, first I wasn't angry. I was upset. I was first upset because I was like, it didn't work. I must have done something wrong. Like this isn't what I see everybody making. And I tried it. I was like, everyone loves these things so much. This can't be it. I must have done it wrong. And then I think I texted you and like you were like no this is kind of like how it is most of the time and I was like wait this is this is just it and that's when I got angry (laughs) and I was like I like went on this like huge rant to Hutch about like this is the problem with Instagram (laughs) and like Instagram foodies and like everyone tries to make food look good and like stand out but sometimes they forget about the user experience and the flavor and again they seem very popular. I may have just done something wrong. <laughs> but, like, I was so disappointed in it. I was just like, this doesn't... I, I just don't get this. I don't understand what everyone raves about with these. Because, like, they were really messy. They just kind of taste like burnt sugar when I made them. And also the inside of the pancake didn't really cook fully through. Because, like, I was trying to not burn the sugar. So I took them off earlier than I would have normally and it just like did not go well and I was so upset I didn't even eat all the pancakes and then I halfway through I was like I'm just gonna make regular pancakes because this I I don't want to see all this pancakes go to waste (laughs) I was just so disappointed because I was like this is like like I love Instagram and I love social media because I think it makes people more creative sometimes but I also think it makes people sometimes forget about when it comes to food in particular people just want good tasting food like it looking nice is just a bonus we want good tasting food like some of the best tasting food is some of the ugliest food in my opinion oh so yeah. this is like i just went on this huge rant of like this like internet trend of where you're trying to one-up everybody and make something stand out so well that you sacrifice on the flavor or how you make it and the user experience of it yeah, and I feel bad because like, I don't really have any advice for the cinnamon roll pancakes because I don't really know how it works either. I've just kind of hacked it together myself without really yeah. knowing what I'm doing. I don't know if it's like the timing of when you add on Maybe. the cinnamon swirl yeah. and like how far along the pancake has cooked. I never know which is the right way, um, but you're right. Like There are so many unrealistic expectations around food especially when you see it on instagram and because there's also a time limit too for how 
quick they want the videos to be, you're seeing such a condensed version of the process that they're going to mm-hmm. make it look easier than it actually is. And yeah. or they're going to make things that are just not actually that good. And that then becomes twice as frustrating for somebody like I feel like for me, the frustrations you're feeling towards cinnamon pancakes, I feel that a lot more frequently. So, towards, but can I, you remember any particular recipes though, or like things that you've just been like, this wasn't as easy as they said it was, or this didn't taste as good as it looked, or like whatever it was? Um, I know one thing I have struggled with before is making a good gingerbread latte, and everyone mm. makes it sound so simple on all of the posts that I've compared. Yeah. But every time I make it, I'm like, no, this doesn't taste like Starbucks. And I get so frustrated. And then even this past week, I got it in my head that I really, really wanted a margarita pizza. I, was like, I-, I could make it. It's just cheese and basil and sauce. I could totally make it. But it has to be like really thin. I want it to be like that kind of that restaurant style. Yeah. And so I really I knew I was going into it with high expectations because I yeah. really wanted to satisfy this craving. <laughs> And as it was cooking, I was like, this is not looking good at all. (laughs) This is terrible. And still, I mean, it still tasted fine, but it was nowhere near a margarita pizza. Yeah, I will also say I find this, like, this is a problem all through social. But it's a big problem, I think, in vegan food where, like, people will, they just want you to be really excited about food. And, like, being a vegan is pretty exciting because you're trying to recreate things and, like, make things that you remember things tasting like and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I find, like, so many times you'll hear people be like, this tastes exactly like it. And I'm like, never promise that to them because it never <laughs> does. There is, like, I have yet to taste anything where I'm like, this tastes exactly like that ingredient. Like, it hits the spot and it satisfies the craving, but it doesn't taste like it. I was like, so I find there's, like, a lot of that over-promising in the vegan community where they're like, oh my god, this is perfect, this tastes exactly like it, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're just setting them up to be disappointed when they try it. Yeah, and I find I do that to myself sometimes too, just because I'm like, I really want this to taste like the other thing that I remember having. But then I have Mm -hmm. to always remind myself, even if it doesn't taste exactly like the thing, is it still good? Are you still enjoying it? Then that's okay. Yeah, that is something, and I'm sure we've done it before where we're talking about, wow, it tastes so good, it tastes just like this. But I think it's something that we've been more aware of the last couple years where we're like it tastes really good and it satisfies that craving but we're not gonna be like yeah no these mushrooms taste exactly like chicken no they don't they're mushrooms (laughs) yeah I mean I do think it helps that both of us live with people who aren't vegan so we are kind of constantly reminded of how it compares from people (laughs) who are literally eating the other things sometimes right yeah I, yeah, I will say after you've got vegan for a while, it, you can very easily forget. So you yeah. like try a slice of vegan cheese and you're like, holy moly, this tastes like cheese. <laughs> and then like I get Hutch to try it and Hutch is like, yeah, I, I get cheesy vibes, but it doesn't really taste like cheese. And I was like, oh, I really thought this is what cheese tasted like. <laughs> yeah. And even when I'm like tasting a new product, like those new um, presence choice breakfast sausages sausages. yeah yeah when I made them and I was eating them I was like okay okay I I think I'm enjoying this but I also don't know if I'm remembering what this is supposed to be like enough so Mm. in that instance I was very much like 
what do you guys think? I really need to know what you guys think of these. And yeah. they, they did genuinely like them. I was like, oh, okay. So this is good then. Even though if it tastes good, that should be enough. But I just wanted to know the comparison so much. Yeah, because I guess it's one of those things that we're so, we're always trying to recreate something that we had in our childhood rather than just make something really delicious. <laughs> Mm -hmm. we're always like this tastes exactly how i remember it but it doesn't need to it just needs to taste really good (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting how this whole conversation about food and expectations was inspired by like what you see on instagram and when people talk a lot about instagram they talk about how it can give you unrealistic expectations about life right or like beauty or all of these things but Mm -hmm. we specifically see see it a lot about food because you know obviously we're paying more attention to that yeah but it's just like it it really does seep into all of these different areas well yeah because it's like one of those things of like and as people who create content for social media i completely understand why people do it but like it's one of those things when you're creating something new and you're really excited about it or even just you're just creating something new when you post about it there's so much out there already that you're like i need to make this stand out you know i have to call this the best and i have to that's why i'm like i try and stay away from those words the only time i think i've ever used that word to describe one of our recipes is our chocolate chunk cookies because i thoroughly believe those are the best chocolate chunk cookies i've ever had so (laughs) (laughs) but i um like it's so easy to just throw those words around where like the best ever tastes exactly like chicken because you're just trying to make your thing stand out. It's kind of like innocent enough where you're like, there's so much of this. I need to give people a reason to click on another chocolate chunk cookie recipe. Um, But it's actually just like, you don't want to give people unrealistic expectations of what your food is because then they're just going to be disappointed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like constantly chasing after this wow factor. Mm Mm-hmm because you have to break through all the noise that is out there yeah and then you also get like eighty thousand recipes that claim to be the best chocolate chip cookie recipe and you're like cool (laughs) yeah and then when i click on one that says it's the best i'm like well i i'm clicking on this because it says it's the best so i'm but i have high expectations now yeah but also my favorite thing too anytime i see something listed as the best i'll like go to the ingredient list and anytime i see especially for like a chocolate chunk cookie or a baked good anytime i see some sort of substitute that like white sugar's gone and they've substituted in like coconut sugar or like maple syrup like they've tried to make it healthier it's like okay right away it's impossible for this to be the best because you've made it healthier (laughs) I thought you were going to say it was impossible because it has chocolate chips and not chocolate chunks. <laughs> that too. That too. But like, I just, it's just one of those things that like, we set so many unrealistic expectations for for ourselves. And like, food is like the least of our concerns when it comes to social and expectations, in my opinion. But it can like, it. I just find like, it can make people so defeated sometimes. Like I... Ex- I don't experience that a lot because often I don't actually make other people's recipes or I'll like do an idea and that's when I experience it when I'm like wow so many people are talking about this amazing thing like the tortilla trend (laughs) where you're like like everyone's like this is the best thing that I've ever tried and they just kind of just want to stand out on social and like hop on trends and there's nothing wrong with that but like it just not everything can be the best thing ever (laughs) Do you think, too, like we kind of talked about how it feels more so in veganism because we're always trying to replicate these things? Like, I think, too, when I'm making a dish for non-vegans, I put a lot more pressure on it to be something else just because 
we feel like we have to meet a certain expectation that people have about vegan food or exceed a bad expectation that they have about it. Yeah, no, I I think so. I mean, I've slowly gotten over that just because I'm like, I'm just going to focus on making really good food and not promise anything. (laughs) And like also... Like, I think it's really easy for vegans to get upset when people don't like something. But, like, you have to remember you're competing with so, like, years of, like, flavors that are built into, like, they're used to tasting meat and things. They're used to tasting certain ingredients and things. And when you cook without that, it's such, like, a different thing. So, like, I've slowly gotten over that. But I, like, I can see that from a vegan perspective why it can be so stressful. Mm -hmm. So, you talked a little bit about the food trends and I feel like now especially I don't know if it's because we're all stuck at home or if it's (laughs) just because of TikTok but food trends seem to have a different pull on things than they did before and they're also um are they getting more gimmicky or Uh, I mean yes and no I think like I think people are just doing different things for the sake of standing out now rather than doing actually really creative things I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to argue that that tortilla trend is just a different way of folding a tortilla that's not necessarily better for any reason. It just is different. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like I think we've talked about... I Actually, we don't know if we've talked about the baked feta one. Like, I think it looks really good. But we've also, like, me and you were talking about how someone was saying it's not actually that special. It's just basically mac and cheese. Like, it's not, like, this revolutionary thing. So, like... I, I think they're getting, like, I, I don't know if it's because we're in a pandemic and we all just want to be this, like, find community in some way. And you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I love this, too. And you bond over something. But I don't know what it is. But it's just, like, food trends have been so big the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had, you know, the bread trend, banana bread and then sourdough bread. You had the whipped coffee, obviously the tortilla hack. And now we've got the baked feta pasta. Which, like, I will say, it looks delicious, but I also wasn't like, wow, this is revolutionary. This is the best thing I've ever seen anyone do with feta. No. <laughs> like, it's clever and it's convenient Yeah, to make. it's super convenient. Yeah, so we like both of those things all of the time. But you're right, it's nothing revolutionary. And to a certain point, and with this one very quickly, too, it's like you see it so many times times from so many people and no one's really doing anything that different with it because you can't so it's like why I mean I get everybody wanting to participate but it's kind of hit a point where it's too saturated and I'm already tired of it and it's like it's not something that like and because it's not that creative like it's literally just tomatoes and feta you're literally just seeing the same thing over and over again. Like, you're not seeing that many variations. I've seen a couple of people, like, add olives and different spices and stuff like that. But, like, other than that, I'm seeing the same recipe over and over and over again. Like, it's enough. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that got me intrigued was when you sent me the pizza version. Yeah, and I was going to tell you, I think it's actually the same person who... I can't remember their handle on Instagram. But I find they actually, like, they do these trends, but they do them in different ways. So, like, they did the tortilla one, except they did it with pizza dough. And they made like a pizza pocket mm-hmm. um and then they did this baked feta except they did it on pizza dough and mm-hmm. they put a block of feta in the middle with tomatoes and baked it in the oven and then kind of spread it around once it was done on the pizza dough and it was i was like see like this is what i love like i don't mind a trend starting and people making it but there's a point where it becomes just boring and like i want to see people use it in creative ways 
Yeah, and I do think we saw the tortilla one evolve in more creative ways than we're seeing the pasta one, right? Because you yeah. saw the different flavors or you saw one that used nori instead of a mm-hmm. tortilla wrap. So I feel like there was more creativity in that, which I did appreciate about that yeah. hack as opposed to the fe- uh, feta <laughs> pasta. Yeah, like I saw it the first couple times, the feta one, and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. This sounds delicious. I would try this. But it's, again, nothing that I'm like, oh, I need to share this now. It's so amazing. Oh, my goodness. Um, But then I kept seeing it. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Can I get something else on my feed, please? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm tired of seeing baked feta pasta. (laughs) Yeah. And even, like, I was trying to think of other past food trends that have just kind of been, like, why? Just taken over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Taken over and just been like, wait, why have you taken over? (laughs) yeah yeah but one thing that i actually thought about that trend and i so when i first saw the baked feta i was like wow that's really cool yeah i think i would like this pasta but the first thing that came to my mind is like that feta baked actually really well i want to wrap that in puff pastry and bake it Mm. that's what i want to do with that (laughs) like you know how you make like a baked brie or something and then you use it as like a dip i was like that's what i want i don't want pasta (laughs) i want it wrapped in pastry yeah, and I also watched some of those knowing that, like, well, which of the vegan feta cheeses would react in the right way to yeah. this? Because, you know, it's it's not going to be the same as the regular version, right? So I didn't even know which one to attempt with. Yeah, I bought, so I, I'm going to actually try it because, again, the pasta looks really good. Yeah. So it seems like a pasta that I would enjoy. <laughs> I'm probably not going to try it in the same way. Like, I don't know if I'm going to use an entire block of feta because, like, I don't remember how expensive normal feta is, but vegan feta is expensive. Yeah. So like, I think I might like do a half block and then add some tomato sauce to it. So it's more of like a cheesy tomato sauce. But I bought the Nafsikis, I think is the brand. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of other food trends that we've seen that are just like more food hack style things. Because like we saw sourdough bread. I don't blame anyone for hopping on the sourdough bread train who doesn't want sourdough bread. And they're so like, again, I think one of the things that I liked about the sourdough bread train is that it was so creative because you saw so many different cool designs people were doing. Yeah. And like, there's such a science to it. Like, there's nothing sciencey or interesting to learn about folding a tortilla in a different way or (laughs) baking feta in the oven (laughs) like i just think like with bread i'm like there's so much to learn and there's so much that goes into that into perfecting the perfect sourdough bread loaf that i'm like every time i see someone post sourdough bread i was like wow like that must have taken so long that's incredible Mm -hmm. there's just a a different appreciation for that versus something that i'm like yeah you put feta in the oven like everybody else and baked it (laughs) yeah as there should be a different appreciation but i also do really enjoy now like whenever i see new or different food hacks right away i'm like let's send this to Catherine because i just feel like <laughs> she's gonna have a reaction that she won't like it i just i think one of the things that i struggle with being a food blogger is that like you're always trying to find stuff that people are searching and i get that but i'm also like i don't want to be the person that makes the same thing that everyone else is making and i also like don't want to just make something for the sake of oh my god I'll get good search from this <laughs> like I'm like I want to make really good food that I like and maybe only a few people will find it but I know it's really delicious 
But that's like the struggle of the food blogger mindset of balancing that out because like so many of our recipes aren't search friendly at all, but they're some of my favorite recipes. Mm-hmm. And even I also feel like so many of the things I make are just not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so how can I post them? That is the thing. So I still struggle with that too, but I've been able to find like certain things. Sometimes it's like, so what was, the, so the recipe that I made of like the hot sandwich with like salami Mm-hmm. one of my favorite sandwiches ever but like and I grew up eating that but we never put arugula in that but I put arugula in it for it to make it a little prettier because I was like this is just not a pretty sandwich so I was like finding small ways to change things where the meal is still delicious and it's still reminiscent of what I wanted to make but it catches pe- the eye a little bit more <laughs> yeah like even last weekend when I did all the Super Bowl food I just kept joking about like everything's the same color yep it's ugly but it's delicious and I just subscribe to that so often in my food choices yeah I mean the sometimes the ugliest food is the most delicious food yeah like I don't I don't know like it's like I understand the idea of you eat with your eyes first. I do too. Like you look at something, you're like, wow, that looks so good. But I think people have taken it and twisted it in a way that doesn't make like it's not how it originally started. Like when you say you eat with your eyes, I look at a big plate of deep fried brown things and I'm like, wow, that looks delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's not pretty, but I still am eating with my eyes and being like, that looks amazing. But like people have skewed in and been like, it has to be colorful and it has to be this and it has to be this. And I'm like, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that was a struggle for anybody working in food media for years. But now it kind of just feels like it's been magnified by social media and how sharing food really has become a big part of Instagram, right? That's that was the beginning joke. I'm gonna take a picture of my food for Instagram. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that's why restaurants started making food that looked really good and made people want to go to the restaurant just to have that one meal so that they could take a photo of it and post it on Instagram. Um but yeah, so it's just it's it, it can be frustrating because as someone who just really likes food there's so much more to food than making it Instagram worthy. (laughs) Like that is like the, you're just scratching the surface of what food is. And it makes me so sad that sometimes food is just reduced to, oh, this will get a lot of clicks. Yeah, I can't eat that way. And I don't want to. (laughs) Right? Like if that's how you're basing your diet on, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry social media has ruined your diet. And I will say, like, I still do really appreciate, like, kind of going after the wow factor of food. And I think I tend to do it, too, with just, like, combining really fun ingredients that I already love. And to me, that's, like, you know, doing something special. So, and and I don't know that that always fits into a food trend, but I get the mentality. Like, I, I still practice that mentality sometimes. Yeah, I think for us, it almost kind of... It works in ways of bringing two things we really like together. So like Big Mac poutine was one of them. Mm -hmm. We're like still one of my favorite recipes we've ever had. It doesn't necessarily look amazing. Like it looks better than regular poutine when (laughs) you're talking about just photographing food. But like, I don't know. It's just like there's nothing like it's not necessarily going to be a trend. It's not going to be anything special. I think people it's still search worthy. I think people will still find it still a popular recipe that we have. 
But, like, it's not, like, this thing that's going to be, like, people are going to see it and, like, it's going to pop off and all of a sudden people are making different versions of it, right? But it's, like, that's what we look at when we're talking about getting creative with food. It's taking two things we love and just mashing them together. (laughs) Exactly. For me, it's what can I do with Oreos this week? What What can I put buffalo sauce on? Look at you finishing my sentences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, like, I get so down sometimes when i'm scrolling through social and like seeing food reduced to just how many clicks it gets and i'm like wow like there's so much more to food and i wish people just like yeah maybe this dish doesn't look beautiful but hey it tastes freaking amazing yeah and honestly that gets me down a lot too mostly not just like from looking at it but more so i love looking at the beautiful food But Mm -hmm. as someone who has a food blog, I'm like, well, I can't keep up with this. I I feel like I'm not doing a good job of contributing to this because everything I eat doesn't fit into this mold. And so people won't like it. But I like it and I want to share it and I want people to eat it. Well, that's even like it's like uh, anytime someone will tell us to do a what I ate in a day. And I was like, you realize like my what I ate in a days involve like, hi, I'm eating cold leftover tofu from the other night and <laughs> I'm eating a random piece of celery I found in my fridge. And <laughs> like, it's like almost, I almost never, full, like other than dinner, I almost never just make a meal. It's usually what can I just grab from my fridge or what's left over or what's this? Like, there's not, I just like, I think, I think maybe we're overthinking it, but I find like, it's proof of what social media has done when we're like, oh, but our what I eat in a days aren't that interesting because we're not making all these amazing pretty foods. So like it's almost kind of proof that social media has even influenced what we think is worthy of sharing when it yeah. comes to food. <laughs> yeah, it's like the thought of having to, what's the right word for it? Just like dress up every single meal in a day to make it fit this expectation. Just exhausts and intimidates me to the point where like I don't fit into this I can't do this I can show you me being chaotic in the kitchen but I can't show you like an interesting what I ate in a day because it is like yours yeah like I'm not making a beautiful smoothie bowl in the morning and then having this amazing grain bowl at lunch and then making this amazing pasta dish at dinner no there are lunches where I'm eating popcorn (laughs) (laughs) like it's just I don't know I just I feel like And we could say this about anything on social. I just feel like real life has been stripped away and made to feel not good enough or not interesting enough. Good enough, I think, is the wrong word. I think it's interesting enough. Is that, like, me just eating leftovers from the other night is not interesting enough to post on social media. Yeah, it kind of, it feels like there's a space for food bloggers in a professional sense right where it's all about the aesthetics and that Mm -hmm. is the focus and then there's also a place for the everyday food blogger which I think is where we would fit into and where if we just like stopped worrying about it we could post stuff because we still follow people who just make basic stuff every day and we appreciate that content but then when we turn the cameras on ourselves like no (laughs) this is garbage content (laughs) Yeah, no, 100%. Like, it's like one of the things that, like, I love Lisa, Lisa's content so much because it feels so normal. Mm -hmm. Like, like she makes amazing food that I'm like, whoa, this is blowing my mind. But then she'll just post content that I'm like, wow, she just feels like a human and not this, like, 
made for Instagram person. Like she just feel like, and that's why I like her content so much. But then when we go to make something, I'm like, wow, this is boring. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm so fascinated by people like Lisa who just would like document what they're eating, and especially to like Christy, plant based Christy, and even mm-hmm. Tori, Tori Helpin, right? Yeah, they're just kind of showing you what they're eating, and they're, I mean, from an outside perspective, it doesn't feel like they are trying to make it really yeah. high stakes. And, yeah. But maybe they are, but it's coming off so seamlessly. They're mm-hmm. like, wow, this just looks like authentic <laughs> and interesting and obtainable to me. Like I could see myself as that person, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember um, not bringing this to food anymore. I remember someone we follow on Instagram posted, someone asked for a house tour. I think she just moved into her new house. And she's like, you know, I'll show you bits and pieces, but I don't think I'll ever do a house tour because there's too much pressure to have the perfect looking house and like everything really designed well and this like perfect like black and white home with a white kitchen and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, like, I was like, it's refreshing to hear someone just call it out. But I was like, still show your house. Like, I was like, yeah. if you want to, obviously, don't just show your house. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I was like, it's sad that she's, like, might want to, but she's like, in order to take the pressure off of having this perfect house, I'm just not going to. I'm like, like, if your house is messy, it's fine. You should see my house right now. Like, it is a mess. <laughs> and I just, like, one of those things, like, I was sitting on the couch with Hutch the other day, and I was like, we're just never going to have a clean house, are we? Like, that's just, it's just not real life to have that picture-perfect Pinterest Instagram house. Like, I just, it's just one of those things that I feel like social media has affected us so much, and we don't realize it. Like, you feel like you need to have this really interesting, this beautiful white kitchen. You're always eating smoothie bowls and, like, really over-the-top meals that take you an hour to make. Or you're ordering something that's, like, $25. <laughs> like, I just, like, I I just, I want normal people back. <laughs> and I, I think we're starting to see more of it. I do think so. And maybe it's just because those are the people that we watch. Like you said, like... A lot of plant-based Christy, a lot of Viet Vegan, a lot of Tori Halpin, and they're just like normal people. <laughs> yeah. But then everything you just said about that woman discussing hiding her messy house is exactly what we do with our food. We hide I, I know. our messy and ugly and not good enough food, even though it is good enough. Yeah, and like I'm fully aware that I'm saying this as a food photographer who spent hours <laughs> making my food look good. Like I understand what I'm co- where I'm coming from in saying this and it sounds hypocritical. But it's like one of those things like I do that because I really enjoy that aspect of it, but I don't make my food like that every day. Mm-hmm. I make TMG food like that and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's important to distinguish between those two purposes when it comes to the food because the entire process of when you are making something that's going to be photographed you have a completely different mindset yeah and you are doing it to show off the artistic side of what cooking and food is because we can't we don't want to discredit that in this conversation there is a lot of creativity and a lot of art to food and food styling and we appreciate that so much but you have to be able to appreciate it and then also accept that that's not real life that's just showcasing something in a special way yeah and I think like I've also never that I can remember ever altered a recipe 
to be worse than what I think it could be simply for the looks of it. Like a lot of times I'll make sure when I'm creating a recipe that it's balanced with colors and flavors and all that kind of stuff and textures. But like one that stands out is I made that like cheesy chicken skillet. And like I tried when I was testing it, I was like, I'm going to put green onions on this because like it's very red and it's very brown and like it's not very pretty. So I put green onions on it. I taste it. I was like, this just isn't the dish though I like like it's good but it's not what I was going for this is not right and I ended up taking those off and I was like you know what I'm just gonna this like it's better this way I'm not gonna sacrifice the flavor for a prettier photo yes definitely and I do think that when it comes to food styling there is a responsibility to be true to the flavors and also authentic to the recipe like you can't just add these things because they'll look good in the photo if that goes against everything that the recipe stands for you can't do that yeah and it, it it's difficult to do that especially coming from somebody who just like wants it to stand like look as good as possible but like with like not doing that I'm so much happier with that recipe that I didn't do that now than I would have been if I had done that and been like oh that's a very pretty photo oh but the recipe is not as good as it could have been yeah and it's even making me think of uh, an article I read recently and I can't remember which food magazine it was or what the dishes were but they had photographed it with some components in the photo that you just would never serve with that dish like hmm. it kind of went against all of the flavor profiles and all of the authenticity and the history yeah. of the dish and so they like they fully sent out an apology they reshot the photos and they acknowledged like this is our mistake we didn't properly represent this dish because we didn't also listen to the people who made the recipe we were just styling it like those teams had been kept too separate mm. i guess and then yeah. that's where you hit this you know mistake and it just comes back to feeling like you have to style it in a certain way right yeah to make it aesthetically pleasing yeah and yeah no I agree I think it's one of those things I look back on those like cheesy the cheesy chicken skillet I don't remember what I called it um that recipe and I still like I don't love the photos I actually really dislike the photos they're some of my least favorite photos I've ever taken but I still make that recipe probably the most of any recipe on our blog like I love that meal so much and I will still share those ugly photos because I believe that meal deserves the attention it it deserves it's just so, it's so such a good recipe so like it's one of those things that like I just like you know what I just accepted that some photos are not going to be as pretty as I want them to be or as people expect them to be because it's more about the expectations of social media than even yourself anyways. And that it doesn't matter because you know that meal is so freaking good. <laughs> and maybe too, like as food bloggers ourselves and with acknowledging that this is all happening in social media so much so that it's impacting us we also I feel like have a responsibility to keep putting out the photos and the recipes that aren't necessarily pretty but that we just truly believe in like why have a platform if we're not putting out stuff that we mm -hmm. truly believe in and that we would want other people to try even if it doesn't fit into these expectations and these um standards of social media well, that's right. And like, I think like photos are one layer to it and it can grab attention. But if someone like if the photo grabs someone's attention and then they try the meal and it's not good or not authentic or not whatever, fill in the blank, 
then it doesn't matter what that photo looks like. They're not coming back. (laughs) So like it still comes down to put good recipes out there. It's okay if they don't photograph that well because you'll still get like even if you get one or two people to try it and they share it, word of mouth is more powerful than a pretty photo. Mm Mm-hmm. I like how this whole conversation just talk- started with us talking about how famous food is toxic. Yeah. And we got into just, we we talked about not wanting to talk about social and content today. And then we yeah. talked about content. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also think it didn't help that we couldn't think of any other food trends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I honestly, oh, I remember what I actually really enjoyed was the, uh, that egg bread Oh yeah, the egg yeah. and put the bread. I actually really enjoyed that one. It was delicious. But I think my favorite one that triggered you recently was when I sent you the grilled cheese one. Oh, I hated it so they... much. <laughs> Where they? How did they do it? They like put the grilled cheese on the. So they spatula. cooked the grilled cheese like normal, yeah, and then they lifted the grilled cheese on a spatula as you would before you would go to flip it. But instead of flipping the grilled cheese, they flipped the frying pan over top and then flipped both together. Which I just, like, don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. I've just, like, I've never, I don't, I've never thought, like, while flipping grilled cheese, I'd be like, oh, there has to be a better way. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get it. You need to be thinking like an infomercial at all times. (laughs) So I should, anything that I do, I'd be like, there has to be a better way. (laughs) I don't know. I just, like, I didn't understand that. I do. I, I still don't get it. And I understand how there's certain hacks that aren't helpful to me, but there are going to be hacks that are helpful to other people depending on lives, disability, that kind of stuff. I get those. But I just like the people that are talking about it. I was like, you're not talking about it in a sense that it helped me because I wasn't able to do this before. They're talking about it. but like, oh, my God, that blew my mind. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was very clever. I can appreciate people being clever and using tools differently. But then I also saw people being like, what? You don't already you haven't already been doing this for years. And I was what? like, what? Wait, this is a normal thing to do it's for some people. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Okay. Like, spatulas are designed to flip things. (laughs) But there are people that have just been like, obviously, the way to do this is to flip your entire pan. (laughs) Can you imagine if you tried to apply this to other things? Like, can you do that with, like, do you do that with an omelet? Well, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like, if not a vegan thing, but imagine trying to do it with a fried egg. Like, I, I, I don't, we should just try, should we just do a test kitchen where we're just testing the lifting a frying pan (laughs) riveting riveting content but we're keeping it real (laughs) yeah i every once in a while i like to go to our twitter because devin posts things that like we don't really coordinate on anything that we're posting on either of our socials so like every once in a while i'll go to twitter be like what is this i i I didn't approve of this hack Yeah, but I also, I didn't really retweet that one with saying much. I was just kind of like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For your consideration. And then I think I sent it to you and I was like, why? Or something <laughs> like that. I was just like, I don't understand this hack. <laughs> I just think people are like, want to feel like they're like in on something so badly that they'll like see something. And like, while it can be helpful for some people, everyone else just like, blows it way out of proportion and they're just like oh my god it's amazing (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) 
Although I will say, like, I think it is good to see people having fun with food because there's, mm-hmm. there's also a lot of negativity that can come with food in your relationship yes. with food. So I like to see people having fun with food, even if it's different from the kind of fun that we would want to have. I, I love that. <laughs> different. Yeah, it's different. Just different. <laughs> yeah, I just like, yeah, I guess it's completely different. It's like when I'm thinking of having fun with food, I'm talking about flavors. Yeah. But other people, they're talking about, let's flip the frying pan. <laughs> i just like food i've always like on the edge of my seat of wondering what's the next big thing in food what is the next tiktok trend (laughs) oh actually did you see the really really weird nacho one last weekend i don't think so so i'm pretty sure they were just doing it for attention like for the views yeah but they had like a big white countertop and they had laid down queso like right directly on the counter a lot of it and then like ground beef and like fried beans and like all the layers of a queso dip and then they they flipped it they were piling it all on and then (laughs) more shredded cheese and like all of these things and then tortilla chips crunched in and then she takes these like almost like a spatula thing to just like bring it all in oh like the thing at an ice cream place marble slab did you ever see how they slab on the ice cream oh yeah okay i don't know what those are called but i don't like, know either yeah so she used that to kind of like mix it all together into this big mushy pile of stuff mm-hmm. and then shoved it into this tortilla cone how do you eat that you eat it out of the cone so, so you're just eating a bunch of like sour cream but you're not actually i don't get it it's like a nacho ice cream i guess but like but it's all but it's, it's but it's not ice cream, right? It's no. just the stuff. All, it's like a dip in a cone. Yeah. But like the point, like I just, this is the thing. Okay. I don't get it. Because like the best thing about like a taco dip is getting all those flavors paired with the crunchiness of the nacho. Exactly. So she made nachos worse. Yeah, she did. Yeah. What a great hack. And like <laughs> also just like all over your counter. Right? Like first of all, hey, that's a huge ass mess. Yeah. And also, there's no way you didn't waste food doing that. Right? That's all I could see <laughs> when I watched that. And I just like, why? <laughs> like, there's no, this is this, it's this kind of hack that makes me upset where it's like, nachos are perfect. They don't need to be altered. And like, I've seen different nachos where people have actually been like, wow, that's unique. That's really creative. I really like that idea. This is not one of them. This is just for the sake of it's different. No one's ever done this before. There's a reason no one's ever done this before because it's not good. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, let's be really excessive too because the internet loves that. Yeah. And I just like, I don't get those hacks. I just, I'm like, why? This just feels like a waste of food. There's no way you finish that whole thing. Or if you did, you dumped it into a bowl and dipped nachos into it. Yeah, exactly. And it was all for show. <laughs> I just like I don't understand it I don't it's I think the problem that I'm having with TikTok and IG reels and all this stuff is because content is so short now we have completely taken out room for creativity you have to fit in a really cool food hack in 30 seconds so it has to be crap (laughs) like in some of the best food like that leaves out cuisines where it takes like hours to make delicious food like there's certain foods where it's like takes a day to make or it takes a couple hours of stewing and like doing all this stuff 
And like when you reduce food to 30 second clips, you're going to take away a lot of the soul of food and what food is. Wow. That was like really <laughs> deep and powerful. You're taking away the soul of food in 30 seconds. <laughs> TikTok is ruining food. <laughs> I just like it just like I under, I think there is some fun like I'm not saying there's not a place for food hacks. I think there is. But I think we have to be more just smarter about the food hacks that we celebrate because yeah. that is not something like I just don't I don't get it like that's worse than the tortilla one I agree I'll try to send it to you <laughs> okay should we just like keep tally of all the terrible food hacks and food trends that we don't like I mean it's gonna be almost every single one but <laughs> <laughs> I think but I think it's safe to say that there's weird stuff on all parts of the internet not just food oh yeah so oh yes 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 <laughs> we just wanted to highlight that food has this problem too yeah it's just we're in the food world yeah. so much like i don't look at anything else essentially so <laughs> no there's just weird stuff everywhere yeah i just like remember that food has more meaning than just likes on the internet yes food food is a big part of people's lives and culture and like when we do things like that kind of strips away that like story of food and respect for food. It also strips away a lot of what makes food so special. Mm -hmm. And it's, and like we've talked about, like food is great. Like I love delicious food, but oftentimes the best foods are the foods that have really like stories behind it. And like, oh, I ate this growing up and my mom made this for me or my dad made this for me or whatever it was. And like, that's often the foods that we credit with, being the best foods in our lives not necessarily because they're the best foods we've ever eaten but because they have those really those big like those sentimental stories attached to it or those really memorable moments attached to it sorry i just like food that was so beautiful (laughs) i just like i think i think four years ago when we started tmg i was probably more like everybody else on social where it was about quick fun things and then the more i really dive into the meaning of food to so many different cultures the more i realize how special and how like how amazing food actually is in terms of like connecting people and passing down traditions and things like that that it it's hard to reduce it to a 30 second clip yeah and i also think that all of those things you just said are what keep us coming back and what makes us enjoy expressing our creativity through food so much is because we Mm -hmm. recognize the depth and the power that it has that it i mean it is about just you need food to live but there is so much more to it and a lot of times the stories behind the food are so fascinating and they do they make the food way more meaningful than yeah tiktok ever could and i will say actually a lot of this and it's been growing but i think a lot of this has come in has been more to my attention in the last like year and a bit and i will actually credit the canadian vegan afia her like she makes a lot of food she grew up with a lot of Ghanaian food and stuff like that and like she ties so many stories to it that something about her content just made me like i'm like i've never really made that much food that like is attached to Maltese or Portuguese culture and stuff like that that I've had growing up and it made me want to make more of that food and we're starting to see that more on TMG too where I start making more Maltese things and stuff like that and it's like inspired me to be like there's more to food than just like this is really good 
Mm-hmm. Or this will get likes. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's nice to have, like, the hacks are great. I love a 30-second recipe clip. Those are great. But if that's all that food is, that's a problem. Exactly. We need both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This was a very fun talk. Yeah, we got so deep. We did. Oh, my goodness, we did. We started just talking about TikTok food trends and then... And I will say, I didn't talk, I didn't get that mad about tortilla hacks. I mean, I did talk about them, but like, I think I was able to talk about other things. No, this was, <laughs> it was very constructive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want to check out any of our recipes or food content, you can find it at twomarketgirls.com or we are Two Market Girls on YouTube or all of the socials except for TikTok. <laughs> Could you guess that we wouldn't be on TikTok? Like again, I still go through TikTok and I still like TikTok as a platform. I just don't like when it's done to food. <laughs> I just don't have time for it actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>